Chapter 17 of Joaquin, the Claude Duval of California. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Joaquin, the Claude Duval of California, or the Marauder of the Mines, a romance founded on truth by Henry L. Williams. Lying in wait, stopping the stage, the chief game not bagged. Some time after the failure to assassinate Mr. Fairgrove on arrival at Diamond Spring near Hangtown, Joaquin was informed by one of his associates, who kept in the first-named place a dance-house, that on the following morning the stage between Hangtown and Sacramento would carry, besides the mail and several passengers, a rather large sum of gold dust destined for the East via San Francisco. During the opening months of his profession, Murrieta had tried his hand at stopping a stage running to or from Mokolumni, but the insignificant result obtained had disgusted him from that Dick Turpin line of his calling, and he had preferred to increase his gains in a different manner. Still, he did not deem it proper to reject the intelligence given to him, and he resolved at all hazards to make himself master of the Hangtown conveyance. Forty thousand dollars, for so went the report, was not a sum to be sneezed at, he wanted no greater one to be enabled to gain Mexico, enroll the forces of which he stood in need, and enter upon the brilliant plan which he had formed of sacking the lower provinces. He took Valenzuela and three-fingered Jack into his confidence, and acquainted them with the intention he had of attacking the vehicle. They, eager, moreover, to wipe out their last defeat, had only been waiting for some new chance. That very evening they went out along the road to choose a site for the ambush. After having slowly proceeded through almost the whole night, the three Mexicans stopped at length in an isolated spot, covered with thick bushes and stunted trees, situated about halfway between Mississippi Bar and White Rock House. Joaquin posted his two men on the left of the road, behind a hedge of briars and wild vegetation, but near the roadside, while he took up a similarly concealed stand on the right. Two hours of anxious watch crept slowly on, and already in the east were the first streakings of dawn appearing, and yet there had been no signs of the expected prey. The chief had had it from a sure source that it was to have set out from Hangtown between one and two of the morning, and yet here it was half after six. He doubted. His informant must have been mistaken. He crossed the road to his followers, almost decided to turn back to Diamond Springs and run the risk of meeting the stage in some other place. Valenzuela and Garcia, their horses' noses rubbing, and they themselves as comfortably settled in the saddle as possible, were smoking as they patiently let time pass. Seeing them so easy, Murrieta thought to wait for another hour. But at the end of fifteen minutes, three-fingered Jack drew his revolver and began capping it. "'Here it comes!' exclaimed he. 
"'Yes,' said Joaquin, "'I hear the wheels. "'A few words before it comes up. "'I was so busy with other matters until now "'that I forgot to tell you what to do.' "'Why, Santa Maria,' said Jack, "'there ain't two ways of killing the goose. "'Pistol em all and search for—' "'Silence,' broke in the highwayman. "'Hark to me. "'At the first signal, dart out and take each a side of the stage "'while I'll stop the horses.' I don't want a single cap snapped till my order says so. Mind that, Jack. You understand, friends? Perfectly, senor, rejoined Valenzuela, politely bowing. All right, growled Garcia. Only I can't say I like the idea. Ready? No more. Remember. And as the grating and grinding sound of the wheels grew louder, the captain crossed to his place of concealment. In five minutes afterwards, the object of their ambush appeared round a turn in the highway. It was drawn by four horses who went at a gallop, seeming to be inspired by the fresh early air that they drank in with open nostrils. In another minute, all were abreast of the hidden highwaymen. Suddenly a peculiar cry arose. Joaquin shot out from the side of the road, and with a levelled pistol, whose bright steel barrel glittered in the grey light, commanded the halt in a most menacing voice. At the same time, Valenzuela and three-fingered Jack made their appearance and dashed up to the doorways. The latter held his pistol so unpleasantly near the occupants that they shrank over to the other side against their companions who were recoiling likewise from valenzuela and were half dead with terror at the mexican's horrible imprecations the driver on seeing murietta had drawn back and pulled up his foreign hand he had seen at first blush that it was useless to attempt to dash past and he could remark or rather had remarked that joaquin did not handle his revolver like a man unused to weapons as soon as the stoppage had been completed, the chief exchanged his position for Valenzuela's, and took upon himself the delicate occupation of forcing the victims to deliver. "'Now, gentlemen,' said he, looking in on the travellers, more dead than alive, "'hand out that box and be quick, for I have no time to lose. Come, make haste.' "'Yes, caramba, make haste,' echoed Garcia ferociously." or I'll make pepper bottle-tops out of your heads. But, but, Mr. Highway, I, uh, Mr. Mexican, I mean, don't be so quick, stammered a fat Englishman, filling out a great deal of the back seat, and trying to ward off the revolver which Jack kept obstinately pointed at his ear. By George, there ain't any box here, I assure you. We'd chuck it out mighty quick if there was, said somebody else. Yes, yes, course the other travellers there isn't any box whatever large or small repeated they drawing in against one another till they were like red herrings in a case from the ominous sextuple muzzles of the revolver driver where's the dust you're taking to sacramento demanded joaquin furiously there's not a grain of gold sir in the coach yesterday we carried a big iron-bound chest to sacramento but this trip nary box "'I'll see first, and if you're a lion, look out. "'I'll be damned if you'll find any. "'Hunt as you like, sir,' said the driver. 
Joaquin flung open the door, while Jack did the same on the other side and cried, "'Out of this, every one of you!' The order was quickly executed. Two of those on Garcia's side made a little delay, when he caught one by the collar and pulled him through in so unceremonious a fashion that the other leaped out as lightly as a dancer. The last was a young woman, of Mexican origin no doubt, who had not been noticed before by the chief. She threw back her shawl and held out to him a little crucifix of gold set with diamonds, which he, after having taken and examined it, returned with some compliment quite in the ancient highwayman's vein. After having minutely examined the interior, without having been able to discover anything whatever, Joaquin climbed upon the roof and looked at the boot, but there was no treasure there, unless the ends of useless whiplashes and spare buckles and straps are accounted precious. So Murrieta, cursing his ill fortune, ordered the travellers to retake their places after paying him for their trouble, and called off Valenzuela as a token of his permission being given to the driver to go ahead. He let out his whip, and off went the four horses at a gallant pace. Three-fingered Jack, on hearing the order, and seeing the stage started, wheeled and sent a couple of bullets over the top of the dust-enveloped vehicle, at the head of the driver, who was not touched, luckily. With angry look and gesture, the captain commanded the treacherous miscreant to put up his weapon, or else he would slay him on the spot. "'He ought to have carried the box of gold to-day!' growled Jack, as if he were stating a most conclusive reason for his action. Joaquin could not help laughing. The three hastened back to Diamond Springs, to the house of their friend, whose ears were gratified by an account of the exploit, and his eyes by the sight of the pretty well-filled pocket-books and money-belts which had been taken from the travellers. For a whole week the highwaymen dwelt in concealment in their friend's house, and when the noise caused by the stopping of the stage had diminished, they mounted their horses, which had been kept in a sure place, and directed their steps still again to Sonora Pass. End of chapter 17